0: What's crackin', everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of the Good Crackin' podcast. I am your host, Ernell Pearson, alongside three beautiful people. Today, we are back with another episode of the Subtle Sound of AAPI Hate with our reunion show to catch up with the three of you to see how y'all have been doing since the last time we got together. Holly, what is new?
1: Hi. I mean, uh, so been doing a lot of reflection, talking to other AAPI folks. Um, been doing what I can for AAPI Heritage Month that just passed. Uh, was a little tough because um, we just formed our ERG uh, at work that um, I'm helping to lead. I'm helping to lead. I am leading. <laughs> it's tough <laughs> for me to remember to say because it's my first time doing anything like that, but. It was honestly tough. There was a lot I wanted to do for Heritage Month, but um, you only have so much time, and I'm only one person, so I did what I could.
0: That's that's okay. I think that's kind of what we're all doing. It's just the best that we <laughs> possibly can, all things considered. And um, you know, hey, like it's it's a part of us. It's who we are. It's our month, you know. So we can we can celebrate whatever damn way that we so please. You know what I mean? Mike, how have you been, dude? Oh
2: uh i i've been i i guess yeah um <laughs> yeah, like like i was talking about uh, before the show it's been a lot of a lot of new things happening in my personal life and then a lot of things happening professionally as well i have just been so uh like my mental capacity is very limited and so mm-hmm. the ways in which i spend it uh, have to be very deliberate and thought out so i th- feel like i've been uh i've been at capacity with most things in my life which is fine like that's that's it's been um like it, it's good to have a lot of things happening in your life. Uh, it's just uh, sometimes it's, it's difficult to just like have a handle of everything. And like a lot of things, like obviously we, we're gathered here today because of things that have happened in our world with regards to our people. And so when those things happen out in the world, it's. And then and like this shit don't stop. It, it's it takes many forms and it consistently happens and takes new forms. Uh, in our world and it's only been like two months since we last met up and shit is always there's there's always something happening and it's uh it can wear you down a lot and i think that's um i think a lot of uh people in marginalized groups have experienced this like maybe probably like the most of their lives but in such veracity or such um such high volume in the past year that uh i think that we're starting to Or we have been learning how to cope with those things, how to internalize those things, because as as painful as those things can be, you have to learn how to limit the 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 ways in which it affects you. Because if you don't know how to handle those things, they're gonna they they can ruin they can damage the things that you like your professional and personal lives and. I think that, that that's something that I've really started to kind of internalize for myself in the past few months is it, like you don't want to say that you're uh that you're forcing yourself not to care about certain things but um yeah just have, having to uh learning how to handle those things as many other parts of your life are need maintenance need to be paid attention to so uh in that regard like I feel like I've been holding up pretty well and uh but it's it's never easy right uh so i'll say uh yeah so i'll uh that's that on that
0: yeah yeah for sure man for sure
2: and 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 you know like
0: good for you though for for kind of like sitting on that compartmentalizing that because that's uh yeah that's a big task to take on for for anybody at any point in life you know so but good for you for really just like making that boundary for yourself to say like this is my limit this is what i want to do when i want to do it and and that's not a line i'm going to cross you know it's good for you dude good for you yeah. uh rose how about you yeah. what is new what's popping
3: okay so i graduated college <laughs>
0: hey, <laughs> congratulations. i haven't up about it yet
3: <laughs>
4: um
3: i have been mostly taking care of my parents um finishing up finals um uh, pretty much just trying to make sure that if i go outside i'm i'm safe you know because sf has been crazy lately um there's a lot of stuff going on that has been very much like you do hit that emotional limit sometimes of like there's only this much i can put up with and it's not because i don't w- i want to just like plug my ears and get rid of it but it's more so i want to take some time to internalize what's going on around me before I just keep taking in all this traumatizing information that leads into you know just not processing your emotions fully um and a lot of it has been in the form of just like keeping my parents safe you know like making sure that I invest in good pepper spray um and it's a lot (laughs) of small stuff because like you know there's only so much I can do is like a five two and three-fourths mind you three-fourths three-fourths are very important mm-hmm. um, Asian girl who's got like, you know, like there's not much going on in the, the fists department. Um, yeah. So it's just trying to survive for one. And then also just trying to, I guess, slowly take all these things in and think deeper about it in my own time instead of just kind of trying to take everything for face value and being like, oh, like this is just how it is and not thinking any deeper of it.
0: Sure. Hey, that's Again, congratulations! By the way, yeah, a, you're making big, big money moves, making big life moves, dude. That's good for you. That's, yeah, yeah. I'm glad all of us have been kicking ass. Really, I know the past few months have kind of been hard on all of us trying to navigate the waters of things that happened in Atlanta back in March and like how um, Asian American Pacific Island Heritage Month has has been treated. Or hi there. I'm a uh, Future in Hell, and I'm here to apologize for what has once again happened, uh, where we were streaming a show, and unfortunately, for whatever god given reason, the show just decided to uh to not stream anymore. So uh this is my segue transition to uh get you from one point to another in the midst of uh of this wonderful, you know, piece of content that you are currently consuming, currently watching and and listening to. And uh anyways, yeah, I wanted to apologize and let you know that there's gonna be a weird transition here where out of nowhere Rose is gonna continue talking and it's gonna f- seem like it's a little off topic, but uh but it's not. And uh I'm sorry. And uh I can't promise that we're never gonna do it again. But uh it probably will happen. So uh please be patient. Again, we've mentioned it before. We never said this show was good. Um it is anyways uh yeah enjoy can continue on continue on we we love you guys thank you
3: and then at the same time you're dealing with um issues in like smaller communities like uh, i was recently having this discussion with friends talking about oh it's really weird that there's a lot of new people that are this is a very specific issue that's like very like i guess gaming related for example but um, VTubers and the rise of that during the pandemic has gone up by like a ton, right? But there's a lot of non-Asian VTubers that are basically, you know, using like Asian nicknames online. Their presentation, their branding is very Asian-oriented, even though they're not Asian at all. Um, and they profit off Asian culture because they'll constantly be like saying phrases in Japanese or like they'll ha- they'll run off like, you know, the, the kawaii aesthetic or whatever and the whole entire jig of it all. Um, and... They end up kind of like profiting off Asian culture, but at the same time not doing anything about Asian American hate, like not spreading any resources about it, yet they actively benefit off of it, the fetishization of it, right um and it's just kind of like this boiled down watered down version that kind of just like, oh, like it's cute um so that's like one small issue of it, and like you can see that kind of echoed in online communities. Um, like, there's tons of people now that are like photoshopping away their eyelids or whatever, or like intentionally like using like tape to pull up the corners of their eyes to look more Asian in their photos or whatever. Like, that's a huge thing that's going on right now. And it's a huge conversation on communities like Twitter, like communities like TikTok. Um, and it's very weird to see because it's like you're seeing like this love for Asian culture where, you know, they want to be Asians. And by Asians, we really are just talking about like East Asians, right? Because that's the features they're going for um and then at the same time like we're being like violently killed for causing a pandemic even though we aren't you know, like we're just you know like we're most most people here like regardless anyways are um like we we didn't none of us all took a trip to china and then we came back with covid you know what i mean like it's not what how that works but that doesn't matter to people because they're just looking for a reason to lash out so it's crazy it's crazy Mm -hmm. grappling with like the multiple levels of like you know (laughs) asian american pacific islander month and then like all the other stuff that's building up on top of it um and trying to still be like informed and do your part while at the same time like preserving your sanity past a certain level
4: Uh,
0: that's kind of what you know what mike was kind of touching on earlier too is you know just trying to find that balance and and it's it's important that we do that especially during our month, during events that have happened, during the you know, seeing the suffering that our people go through, it's, it's important to take those, those things on, finding those boundaries, finding those lines, really holding that weight in whatever way that we need to so that we can emote appropriately based on what we know and what we see every day. Holly, how what what steps have you done? Like What, what are some of the tactics you've taken on to, to hold that weight for yourself?
1: I mean, yeah, I, I agree with Rose. There was definitely a huge conflict between being vocal about how important all of these issues are, but then at the same time, also wanting to keep yourself mentally healthy and not watching too many videos or entrenching yourself in all of the news that's going on. Because I know, like, same as your dad, Rose, like, my mom watches the news. Like, she literally keeps the TV on all day, every day, while she also works at home and then she messages me all the links to the things that are happening in sf because she's like she wants me to be like you know be informed and say like you know there's something that happened near you just be safe don't go out by yourself but it's just i don't watch the news myself for that specific reason i don't want to have that in my head all the time like it does stress you out but then i get that in the form of my mom sending me these links because she wants me to be safe so it's a little bit of both like it's it's really tough to be able or to have to do both things at the same time and honestly almost kind of impossible so yeah. Yeah. shout out to all of us for for doing <laughs> what we can um i think one thing that i've uh had to remind myself of and like other people around me have been good to remind me of it too is that we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be the voice for the people in our lives um because i know like you know for me personally I do have people of color in my life, but I I don't know that like um, like you know there are a majority of non-POC in my life. So I you know I feel a sort of pressure to be like reminding people that it's still happening or that it's important. Um, but then I'm also pressuring myself, like I mentioned um, earlier um, before we started the podcast that we started an uh, Asian and Pacific Islander ERG at work um, that I'm leading, and I put a lot of pressure on myself with only a few weeks till. Um, when May started was API Heritage Month, I put a lot of pressure on myself to do something, right? Like I wanted to do something, but I wanted to do something um, big because I was like, well, if, you know, if it's not like a stream or if we're not donating, like, what's the point? We need to be doing something like substantial. But at the same time, I have to remember I'm only one person. I only have a few weeks. Like, I don't want to do something half-assed and have it not be done correctly. So, you know, in the end I, I had to basically remind myself, whatever I'm gonna do is good. Doing something, no matter how big or small, still means that you're doing something and you need I think we all need to give ourselves a little bit of credit for that. We don't need to be the front runner like all over the news like to or like, you know, um be tweeting about it every single day to be um like doing something. Or right? to be seen as doing something, I guess. Um, I had to remind myself that even doing a little bit was um was doing something. Like it's the first time we celebrated AAPI Heritage Month. So it's you know, that should be something that I count as a win.
0: For sure. Yeah, that's 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 an agreement. I think we can all agree with that. Like it's you I, get, I guess really what, you know, the only thing I want to add on to that is is just like the kind of you know what rose is saying like that that or all of us actually that that weight is you know we have we have to hold it in stride you know we just we have to n- feel what we need to feel with it and and be smart about it you know and like you were saying earlier it's like a majority of at least me i don't want to speak for rose or mike but a majority of the people around me are not bipoc people and so it's like Having to sort of navigate those waters at the same time, especially during this month, especially when those conversations come up, you know, we have to handle it accordingly one way or another. Mike, do you you have anything specifically that you've been sort of like doing to to help yourself protect your own feelings, kind of take this on, hold that weight?
2: uh it's 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 difficult but i think the thing that i find solace in is seeing other organizations and other people kind of uh driving that sort of uh support in many ways like i know ign did a huge thing uh for um to support uh the you know support uh asian organizations that are trying to uh, fight against uh this sort of discrimination and stuff like that so i was like uh, seeing that, I know uh, Stella Chung and a bunch of other folks uh, at IGN uh, were leading that charge, and I—I I don't know—I just admire the people like that. And I know that, um, uh, like other other people, are more openly conscious of those sorts of things and helping drive that sort of support. Um, so I—I I, I think I find uh, comfort and happiness in the fact that. Um it's it's a conversation that is now at the forefront. Uh and people are taking it seriously and people are uh learning more about like what this actually means. It's not just like an historical thing that happened in the past. No, like these things are still happening in our in our lives and we can do something about it. Um personally, it's more about like 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 you said, protecting your energy and understanding when you've seen enough of it uh and which is sounds cold and callous uh but i think that i've I've naturally over the past couple weeks or months i've naturally gravitated away from social media and i don't know it's it's conflicting because i i like being on social media i like knowing what's happening uh but at the same time when i come back to it i'm like man i got a life to live man like uh and like I've, I've taken. I haven't necessarily been at the forefront of many things, and I kind of I, I feel conflicted about that. In regards of like, I can, I have the power to decide how I want to celebrate myself and celebrate, um you know, my my people or whatever. And, and like, I definitely admire. And I want to give props, and I. S- support like uh, a lot of folks who are trying to do uh, something about it um i feel like maybe i could have done more but ah it's like i need like i said i I need to take care of myself and i think taking a step back is not necessarily a, a wrong decision uh to do because you know not at all Uh, all. yeah and like but those things are very much conscious and i think it's a lot more prominent in the conversations i have with the people in my life so that's the thing right there is that um well i would say most of my closest friends are are filipino or some are of or asian in general and i think that that's at the forefront of our conversations and how we see ourselves in the world and i think us being more conscious of it has also Kind of given us this, this, sort, this sort of reinvigoration of our identity and a better like a i wouldn't say a better understanding but a much more solid understanding like we're a lot more confident in our understanding of ourselves i think that that has helped us kind of navigate the world where i do feel a lot more confident when i present myself to other people or if i'm doing work or when i have conversations with the people who are closest in my life um uh yeah and yeah, it's just, it's just everyone kind of when you are the affected group, uh, in a sort of, in in like a, a situation such as this, you need to be the one who calls your own shots in terms of how you internalize and how you deal with it. Some people like to be at the forefront and drive change, and um, I admire that, and I want to do that at some point, but I just sometimes you're just not in the right mental space to be doing that sort of thing. Uh, And like I said earlier, like when you're running over capacity, it's some point you need to be like, you need to think about what you can and cannot do and keep your, keeping yourself sane. So uh, yeah, that's uh, in terms of like, yeah, in terms of taking care of myself, protecting my energy. I think that I've taken on a lot more of a, focus on my personal life uh, more than anything else and i would say that the the le- like again like i said the the level of consciousness and support i've seen from other other folks around especially like around the gaming industry because that's what i'm connected to been heartwarming and i'm glad that uh it is that is part of the, the greater consciousness so i find comfort in that for sure for sure um.
0: Yeah, I mean, to kind of just echo all of you, you know, for me, it's really just been about um trying to find the balance between being hurt by what had happened and trying to find where my boundaries are and what I'm willing to do and where I'm willing to stand on the forefront of these conversations. And a lot of it's kind of been backing off of the... Heated fight of it and putting more of my energy towards just support and so um with our show specifically good crack and we've been doing everything we can to to make connections and build relationships with other api people within the creator communities and within you know the games industry and stuff and it's been awesome it's been a really great turnout for us and we found me specifically i can't speak for devin my my co-host but um I have found a level of fulfillment that has been imbued in me with building those relationships and and having these conversations and giving a platform to voices that all of us can agree are not as heard as we would like them to be, especially from AAPI people. And uh, for me, like the healing has come from. Looking at it from a perspective of I can either be upset and angry and and overwhelmed and emotional to the very core of my being about this, or I can take care of myself, be healthy and be a shining light for anyone who is like me an Asian Pacific Island man that would like to discuss that needs. Help that needs support that needs to just have a conversation about it, and on top of that, teaching people more information that they need because I've gotten so many questions from my white friends, my not Asian friends, my not Pacific Island friends, um, more in the past couple of months than I ever had in my entire damn life and I don't know if you guys have had yeah. the same set of outcome but it's been an interesting experience seeing that Um, lots of talk about food lots of talk about you know where where my parents are from and like what we're about and what we do and so it's been it's been a, a cool experience but I kind of navigates into my next question and um, just to make sure that we're being good on time and stuff because I know Holly has to get out of here right around the two o'clock mark I'm going to hit each of you with some of these questions individually and after each person has answered them, if you guys would like to chime in, you're more than welcome, but I'm going to give each of you separate questions here. So, um, Holly, I want to start with you here. What are some differences you've noticed around the not AAPI people that, you know, your friends and and coworkers and such that you've diff like noticed since AAPI Her- Heritage Month and since what had happened in March in Atlanta. Are there any differences specifically that you can speak on?
4: I don't
1: know if I'm just uh, imagining it, <laughs> per se, but I will say I, it feels as though people, um, because it's been such a huge issue, um, non-AAPI folks were more inclined to um, seek me out and give me props for the work that i was doing um specifically re- related to like aapi and like creating the erg um so i think that was that was great but um i'm not sure i would really say i've noticed a huge difference um, and that and i say that because you know some of the things that i've done is i've i basically worked with some members of the of uh, my works erg to create uh, internal, like our uh, internal posts that go out on our internal site, um, just about some of their stories. So, like one member wrote about her podcast um, called "But Where Are You Really From?" So, shout out to, to Angela for creating that podcast. It's in season three, so she's been doing this for quite a while. Um, and, and I talked to one of our, um, I interviewed one of our VPs um, just about his career growth um, to become a VP because you know that's something that we don't normally see as an Asian and like. Uh, mid to like C-suite executive level uh, positions. So I wanted to interview him about his career growth and kind of what advice he had for others to to get to that level. Um, and out of those posts, I feel as though I've seen a lot of non-API folks be, um, express um, positivity and thankfulness that people have been sharing their stories. Um, but I don't know that that's like new per se. I also think it's partly because Like, some of us have been awakened to that part of ourselves, if that makes sense. Like, I think a big um, theme I've seen in talking with a lot of the members of my ERG is we've all kind of had this big feeling of otherness, Um, not just of, like, otherness from white people, but otherness of, like, even from other um, BIPOC um, and, like, otherness even in in our own cultures. Like, if I'm Chinese, I still feel othered from other Chinese people. Um, So, I I think it's actually a result of even us as AAPI being more forthcoming about ourselves and like actually taking the time to think about ourselves and our lives and where we come from. Because um, it's just something that we pushed down for so long that I think it's uh, now that we are starting to explore and bring up that, that part of ourselves and highlight it. Because before, it was something I, I personally pushed down a lot because it's just part of making it, like surviving. Um, I think us bringing that up is now helping non-AAPI folks also realize we haven't been doing that. Um so yeah, yeah lots of lots of issues i brought up there but <laughs> I think uh that's the big thing for me is I've seen a lot of AAPI folks start to go on that journey of finding more about themselves. Um and I think that's helped others um uh, recognize that too and, and giving us the space to do that. So I think that's good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. i that, there's a lot to unpack there i want to say because lie. that's that's like <laughs> i i feel that i feel that on so many levels uh especially when when you mention that like you feel othered by your own people to such an extent and i saw mike have have a reaction there he was like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's 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 weird it's so weird like how that just sort of like you know, bubbled out of nowhere, but like there's an argument of like, was it out of nowhere? You know, it's it's I feel you. I feel you. All of us can definitely feel you on that. Rose, I want to talk to you a little bit about how um what what are some differences in how you have handled talking about about justice with API people since the last time we had talked? Do you do you feel like you've gotten even heavier on the forefront of these conversations, do you feel like you've backed off a little bit? I want to hear from you a little bit on this, because you were very outspoken during our last episode and and loved it, loved every single second of it. I want to see if you've made any changes to your tactics at all.
3: Um, I think for the most part, I, for one, I am not fighting with 10-year-olds on TikTok comment sections. Hmm. Um, I have learned to preserve my energy <laughs> for that. <laughs> Um, I think a lot of the times it mostly reflects or the I'm heaviest about it around the people that I surround myself. Um, I know that in a lot of online spaces, like what I mentioned earlier with um like the Rise of YouTubers, um, there's this whole entire thing about like quote unquote Asian fishing in like online spaces where it's very much like just these white girls that are very intent on pretending to look Asian or profiting off like anime, um like ch- Korean culture, um stuff like that and it gets super divided when you get onto the internet right because you're dealing with a variety of people with a bunch of different beliefs and a lot of the times on social media you're very much capped by you're you're just not allowed to have a lot of nuance when it comes to these kind of topics because you're restricted by like this character count that you can't fully explain yourself in um i i still am very vigilant about it in my personal life with the people that i personally surround myself with the only thing is just that I feel like it's a waste of time to fight every single person in a comment section if they're also probably just saying shit to say shit. You know what I mean? But it is still very important, and I think I do have a lot to say about these topics with my friends, particularly because I understand that, like a lot for me personally, like a lot of my friends are Asian. Um, I also have a lot of BIPOC friends. Just it's just kind of like how I grew up, I guess. Like when you're in the Bay Area, you're just kind of like. You grow up in like a super like mixed environment. Um, so I have I definitely have more POC friends than I think white friends, but that's just like the nature of my voice is cracking really hard. <laughs> but that's just the nature of um, like my upbringing, I guess. So I think all in all, I've learned to tone it down for the people that don't matter. Because obviously, like, there's a point where you're just wasting your time, you know, mm-hmm. but if you're able to have those conversations with your friends, for example, right, then that's all that matters in the end, because those are the people that you're spending your time with. And the people that you're friends with have a lot to say about you as a person and your character, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's a big change for all of us, I think. I, I I know that, you know, like I said earlier, I was I was very much just having those conversations with whoever the fuck was wanting to smoke and uh and you know like i i get the weight of of having to back off um because it gets so exhausting it gets so tired you know like it's yeah. i get i get so over having the same arguments with the same people that just very obviously are not going to give a shit in the long run so yeah rose for sure like Kind of focusing our energy towards the people that are around us, that are in our circles, that are in our universes, is going to be so much more pivotal. Pivotal. Sorry. Excuse me. Um. In in making that change, especially for us each individually and the people that we know, our other Asian friends and Pacific Island friends and so on and so forth. That's it's really important to do that. Now, Mike, you um, as a dude in the industry. You know, doing the thing, doing the motherfucking thing. Um, do you do you feel like the industry has sensed made progress that has has moved in a way that has better benefited us since our last get together in March. I don't know if you've made any observations as far as like what the industry as a whole has been doing for us to work towards giving us more platform towards putting the spotlight on more AAPI voices. I want to, I want to hear what you've observed the past couple of months.
2: Oh uh, yeah. This kind of ties into what I was talking about earlier in that uh, I found comfort in the fact that other organizations, other uh, companies have uh, taken This a little bit more seriously Mm -hmm. and i'm also happy to see uh, a lot of other fellow like editors and writers be more open about that sort of thing and the things that they talk about um one specific example is my boy matt kim over at ign uh who uh, shortly after a lot of like this came into the broader public consciousness kind of wrote a little bit more about that on ign and it's like okay like this is the biggest gaming platform and my boy Matt Kim is writing something extremely like uh, deep and thoughtful about that, and I think that n- w- w- with editorial staffs that are not that are aren't Asian are more. I feel like they're more open to those sorts of having those sorts of stories told, and that's really important because when the time comes, uh, when like I, I feel like they're, they're like in the same way that. You want other BIPOC to um it's like smart to have BIPOC on staff and then mm. letting them be the the ones who drive the voices for whatever topics or issues are at the forefront of the industry. And the same thing with like making sure you have women on your staff when like things like this come up. So you have an informed voice to and you give them the the platform that they deserve to kind of lay it out there for for themselves and for people like them if they want to do that sort of thing and that, that's a very important thing because like you know i was like "Oh, tap and i was like okay we have this certain issue going on we're gonna we're gonna come to you because you're the one and like okay yeah i'm exhausted like also like being conscious of not being like not going to the person because they're the token person who can make sure that you know you have that <laughs> voice covered on in your on your in your outlet or whatever so um you know i have a lot more i've i have more faith in these sorts of things coming into consciousness and like this extends to all other uh, identities as well uh, i for example like um i was this is like i guess kind of close to holly but like far cry six uh just got like revealed and i think that the the conversation came up again uh like when it was first revealed that you know this is a game that is touching on parallels with uh, a lot of things happening in uh, Latino uh, countries or Latin American countries, and just like the power struggle of you know revolutionaries and dictatorships, and it's a very complicated thing. And um, Far Cry has a s- specific history of handling those sorts of things, and I think that uh, when those things come up, a lot of folks are like, "Yo, like some of us are very excited about this game," but if If we're going to really critically look at this game you know it's probably important to make sure that you have uh, latinx folks uh, at the forefront of those conversations and then so i hope that or i have faith that the same thing applies when it comes to things about like uh asian identity and sort of thing those sorts of things and i think that one microcosm of that was back when like a game indivisible came out i don't know if folks are familiar with indivisible but Mm -hmm. Um, I remember Callie, uh, who's our former reviews editor, came to me and said, like, you know what? Like, uh oh, I said, like, oh I should I, I feel like I should review this game. She was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Like, she, like you are the one I would want to cover this. And I was like, I was like, Oh, oh, that, that that's so nice. Like this is this is your realm. This is you should own this sort of space. And I was like, Thank you. I appreciate your support in that. Like that means a lot. And I want that to be the standard uh across like across other ed- editorial teams. And I think that the uh, going through this kind of makes that normalizes that or makes it makes folks a lot more conscious of that. Um, and I was very thankful to have someone like Callie who's or, or who's already uh, like that's already at the f- forefront of her mind. And I hope other folks are like that as well. And um, I don't know, but th- those things take time. And like, of course, those things are aren't always going to come up. Uh, but when they do, me and a lot of other folks got all got our eyes on that that sort of thing and i think i don't know it's it's kind of nice that uh that i've also been able to kind of carve my niche in a way in terms of how i cover things that you know i like i'm i'm not japanese but uh like being able to like having that that mindset of the broad strokes of asian identity kind of still feeds into but uh, there, there, we have a lot of a lot of cultural parallels and uh, things like that, and especially as Asian Americans who are looking at games that are made from, you know, uh, from Asian continent, whether it be like indie games from Southeast Asia or Chinese games with like Genshin Impact, because uh, I, I know Rose talked a lot about that last time we talked about it, and it's like being able to ha- be the one who's conscious of those things, who's familiar with those sorts of things. I think that's really important, and I hope that. Um, like, I hope I'm, I'm, I'm doing that in my work, and I hope to see that across other teams. And uh, I have a lot more faith than I did before, I think. <laughs> Say that sure. much. For
0: sure. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Holly, I actually want to kind of toss this question off to you, too. Do you, have you, being someone that was, that was the last time that we had a conversation, discussion on this topic, it, you were very, um, very outspoken on the industry, side of this and 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 how management takes care of api employees and and how that maneuvers into um the overall like space that we live in as far as working in different industries do you have anything you've observed as far as like how industries have changed like i don't know if you've kind of been keeping your eye open eye open on uh on any like big moves that you've seen with other industries like businesses and the industry and stuff handling AAPI employees and spaces. Have you seen anything specifically you want to speak on?
1: I don't know that there's anything specifically. I think I've, in general, I've seen, um, as I think myself and and Mike have mentioned, like we, like there's been a lot more space given to AAPI folks, and not just AAPI folks, but even um, BIPOC or Uh, Any other like marginalized, typically marginalized groups, I think i have been given a lot more space. Um, I think I I think it's still tough because um, there's such a big gap between folks who are working at a specific level. So, like for myself, versus all the way up to like um, uh, you know, like top management. uh, I think it's just tough. It's it's tough to realize that companies are built the way they're built. And obviously, companies want to make money, so I think that sometimes comes into a big conflict with um, taking care of its people. Like for better or for worse, I think it's uh, something that people have always tried to, and will probably continue try to, to ta- try to tackle. Um, I just would say it's extremely difficult, but I will say I've, se- I've seen a lot more companies give um, more space to those folks, and I think that's really important because um, it's very similar to what my- Mike mentioned. Like I. Appreciate that more space is being given, but I think for me personally, I've always felt the struggle of I would like to be given this space, but I, at the same time, I also don't want you to rely on me uh yeah. for that expertise. I know it's like a very very it's a very fine line, and like it's very it's a sensitive situation it's uh I think it's something that people are still trying to figure out, and like even me personally, I'm still trying to figure out you know how do I tell people yes, I'd like to be given the space, but you should probably approach me in a way that doesn't say. You should do it because you're Chinese, and maybe say, "Would you like to?" Because I know that your expertise, like you know, like that your background is, you know. So, yeah, it's, it's a very like, yeah, it's. You could say more, Mike, if you wanted to, but yeah. It's- so it,
2: it's 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 kind of the thing of like, not completely handing it over to me and be like, "Hey, you figure it out. You have the power <laughs> to figure it out." I'm like, cool, but like, support me in this too. Like, I help me help you in a sort of way. I think that i think folks because the, the 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 former can be well meaning but that puts a lot of pressure on the the wh- whoever is affected by it so it's like i need y'all i need your support too in order to like pull these things off and there there is something i want there's a, a something i do want to say in addition to uh with this question what i've said mm-hmm. just now i think mm-hmm. it's related and uh, it's another can of worms. But I think that a lot of drives to support uh, uh, Palestinian folks who are facing a lot of violence right now and have been historically. And that being uh, at the forefront, I think that that's when things, that's when I've seen these sorts of things get dicey. And that, so I want to shout out to more Hussein uh, from GameSpot. That's my guy. That yes, is, that is thousand yes. percent my guy. Uh, he has... One thousand percent led the effort on his end, uh, and for like representing GameSwap in terms of this is what we're doing to support. This is what we can do with our level and influence, and he's been driving that. Like he is working overtime, or not not in the like company sense, but he is wor- working himself day in and day out in these uh, in these efforts. Want to like shout him out for doing that, and also. The fact that GameSpot has the space has been given the opportunity to do those sorts of things because, as I said when I said when I said that I have faith that a lot more editorial staffs are um, going to be open to these sorts of things. We've also seen how uh, how executive level and higher company level can push back and shut that shit down, like when when push comes to shove are you really going to support us uh that's that's the kind of thing that i'm still uh weary of because as an editorial staff you could have solidarity within that staff and you saw that with with ign Mm -hmm. um and that like so much of that staff is like we are banding together to say something with their efforts to show support for uh palestinians and then once that reaches a critical mass then you have higher level folks that have the power to get involved and fuck up your shit and so i think that what i will say is that the fact that this has become there's such a huge spotlight has been put on this specific situation i think that in in, in a way i i have even more faith now because i think that this is showing the power of numbers the power of solidarity in that oh you like oh you powerful people want to play this game well we have a number of people and like making this so public making this much more public is going to put pressure on those those executive level people who are trying to assert their own agenda um so i think that uh even though that's a very messy situation that shows how shit could go sideways even though you're trying to do something good, trying to do something to support marginalized people, people who are facing violence, uh and showing goodwill for that sort of thing. I think that um it's an example of what you can do when you band together um to do something good and uh like that's just one of the many ways that I have uh faith in companies or people who have uh or like people who are in positions to create content who are the video producers who are the writers the editors um that's what i mean when i say i have faith in them being able to support different groups of people when it needs to be done uh so uh, but we like you have to you have to keep it up uh and you have to make sure everyone's on the same page with that sort of thing uh if if shit hits the fan so That's another another aspect aspect, to think of it,
0: which is also kind of like the exact point that Tamor was trying to make in calling for for platforms to do their studying on the Palestinian people. You know, And, and that's that's a very good point to make because it's it goes so much deeper than just Filipinos, Chinese people, Japanese people, what have you. There's an entire part of the world that are not perceived as Asian, that are not perceived as under the umbrella of AAPI that very much are. And, and you know, guys like Tamor making the push to say, "Hey, we have an entire group of people that are suffering some absolutely terrible things happening right now. We all, as people with platforms, have responsibility to do studying, find out what's going on, push people to support in whatever way they, they absolutely can. And dude. Thank you for for shouting out to more because he's doing a really, really great job. And that actually segues perfectly into my next question that I have for you guys here is uh, and Rose. I want to start with you here in in our respective spaces. So you doing what you do in the gaming world, right? Do you have any role models or mentors that you feel are representing Asian Americans and Pacific Islands in a very real way that you want to shout out here? Trying to
4: think. Um, This is hard because I'm I'm thinking I'm I'm thinking
3: of the people in this call right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, I'm trying to like coherently think about like all the people that I know and put it all together into like, wow, like who do I know that's like Asian American and has done a really good job of being vocal about this? Um,
0: I mean, all yeah. of us. Yeah, you're right. You know, <laughs>
3: it's hard because it's like you you kind of grow up when you're when you're Asian American you're like growing up you're kind of like you learn to more or less or like you're taught by like your parents right to not really make a fuss you're basically taught like you know like dude like why are you causing problems for people like you know even though it's not fair like you just have to suck it up and that's the mentality of most parents right so when you're growing up and you hear someone that's finally like hey like here's what's up um then it's kind of cool to see that Asians are becoming more vocal. Um, But I can't think of anyone outside of the people in this call that have been super involved in the industry and has been able to be like vocal enough for me to really take note. I feel like a lot of what's been going on online specifically has been this weird mixture of it. Was supported for a little while and then people just kind of forgot about it if you weren't Asian you know what I mean and I you can see it not I don't want to say because it's like a trend to them because I know some people just get caught up in like their own lives and stuff like that Um, and that's just the nature of how unfortunately it shouldn't be this way but that's just the nature of how like the internet is you know what I mean like it's always moving towards the next thing Um, and that shouldn't necessarily happen when it comes to like Asian American hate Or, like, Black Lives Matter or, like, other, you know, movements. But it's just, it's hard, you know? Because you're you're constantly looking for, like, some sort of, I guess, moral support in the wake of everything that's going on. But at the same time, like, you've reached this
4: level of kind of, not really, not necessarily tuning it out, but you, you get
3: used to understanding that like oh this will pass eventually it'll pass online but it's not going to pass in real life you know
0: yeah and i mean even uh sarah dope here um she's she's watching she's in the chat uh she says i feel like we got 12 hours after the atlanta shooting and that that was it and that's very telling because i feel the exact same way like we had 12 hours to a week. And people were very gammoned together about this and very adamant on pushing and having these conversations for a little while. And then, as all four of us kind of predicted in our last episode, is that that heat kind of just slowly died down like a campfire. And uh, and we've all kind of just been, you know, as a group, as communities have been, you know, doing our own parts to sort of individually fight the fight continuously on our own. And uh, it's I I like that that you didn't you don't really have any one single person, Rose, that you want to call out because all of us kind of just been doing it as a community, doing it as a people, you know, like I can name off Sarah Dope I can name off Snowlit, uh, who's a really big part of of the of this move in this conversation as well. You know, there's a lot of us creators have been kind of just doing the thing as far as pushing towards taking care of us and taking care of our communities. it's. It's hard because I, I wish I wish that there were more people to be able to call out that are not in the API umbrella. I know I know that, you know, I want to put some attention towards Twitch having had recently released the new tags to be able to put, you know, some more attention for people to build more in their communities and such. And so that was a really awesome move. Um, but as far as people individually it's hard, it's hard to really spotlight any one single person. Holly, do you have anybody that you feel like that you would want to give a shout out to here before we get you out of the show?
1: Yeah, I- I'm glad that uh, I w- honestly, I was given some time <laughs> a little bit to think about the question too. Yeah, yeah, Cause yeah. of the first, I was uh, very similar to Rose. I was thinking about the friendships I have personally and just people around me that I just like, I think celebrating their own successes. Um, like it's not because they're AAPI, But they are AAPI folks who have been successful, so I think that's kind of the people I was thinking about. Like, I know my friend Belinda; like, she used to work with us at Ubisoft, and now she's killing it as a narrative designer, like, living her passion. Um, You know, Ellie, who used to be uh, my intern, but now she got hired on full time, and she's kicking ass continually. And and as you mentioned, like Sarah Dope, I'm uh, not—I don't know her personally, but I know we connected via Twitter when all of this started happening. And um, but one of the things I wanted to shout her out for, which I'm sure she's a huge part of this is I feel like Logitech's always been really great about giving space to like a lot of different groups, um, and I've seen them doing a lot in the API space. So I'm sure she has a big part to do with that. Um, speaking of creators, like Asian sensation Asian sensation has been doing a great job, very vocal, mm-hmm. um, and and someone that um, I don't know super personally either but I just really appreciated her sharing her story, was Ann Munition, um, because she's such a huge creator um, in the space. And I know she made a video that basically told the story of, and I'll sum it up really quickly, but basically, um, she had always been questioned about what her background is, uh, like ethnically, and she had never answered the question. She had her personal reasons not to. um, But she shared this story about meeting a fan, who um was asian and had told and it's it's it was very important to that fan that she to see someone like her be doing so well and being successful and being in that limelight and that was really what um what brought her to make this video and say yes i am part asian and i'm proud of it and it, and it's it's such a small it seems like such a small thing or like a you know a inconsequential but just owning ourselves and our culture like that I think was was fantastic because it's part of representation and part of like, you know, I if I I didn't think about representation in media until maybe in the past year or two because I just didn't see it. So it was I mean something that I critically thought about. And I I think seeing that more and more and having it be vocalized uh, is super important. So uh, those are the people off the top of my head, but shout out to all of it.
0: Awesome, awesome, Holly. Um, before you go, can you uh tell everybody at home, our listeners and viewers, where they can find you, where they can connect with you, and such?
1: Uh, I'm mostly on Twitter at the Holly Bible. You can also like check out my Instagram at the same name, but I mostly just post about food because I love food.
0: <laughs> oh. don't we all dude like this is the best part of being asian our foods are dank i'm gonna go
4: best.
0: get
1: a hot pot today so yeah oh,
0: <laughs> oh, i i know i'm jealous
1: we'll people yeah
0: yeah I know, right <laughs> all right holly well thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us we will see you again next time okay thanks y'all yeah be good have a good bye. day Bye. bye I want to uh continue on here with another question for you. Well actually, no, Mike, do you have anybody else no. that you wanna you wanna shout out as far as
2: like yeah. on the forefront of the stuff or uh yeah, I think uh I had mentioned uh, Stella Chung and Matt Kim over at IGN. Uh there's they are, there's a lot of AIP AIPI folks um at uh at IGN that I see uh putting a lot of effort into their into their drives. I think that like this month in May uh they had a whole thing with a lot of uh a lot of big names driving uh charity and i think that that's shouts out to their efforts in doing that that's that's really dope i know there's many other folks uh who are who are involved in pulling something like that off i mentioned some more hussein who's um like that's the homie man like that's my guy uh and like seeing him do his thing has been inspiring man like i've been following him before i got to Gamespot. now i get to work with him and see him work it's just like yo i'm trying to get i've always tried to get like you but like i really want to try and get like you um and also shout out to uh victoria tran who i know through uh when she was doing uh community management for kit fox now she's the community manager for uh, among us and uh she is just like her the way she handles community management is like unlike anyone i've ever seen and i think that it's important that like she's at the forefront like the probably the, the most biggest viral game out there and she's being the, the 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 social voice uh and the voice in many channels for it and just the way she's very transparent about how she does her community management and also the effort she puts into bringing things like uh asian representation at to the forefront and normalizing that conversation with the platform that she has uh that's the homegirl but like yo <laughs> i she's do she's doing that kind of work and like combined with all the other folks that i see uh doing this sort of thing it's like that that also feeds into why i say that i have faith in and in, in this being um uh taken more seriously and i think that <laughs> it's 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 almost cynical to say that when these things when these these sorts of things happen you can almost expect it to be the flavor of the week before people kind of it gets out of the public consciousness right and i think Mm -hmm. rose you had mentioned mentioned that and i very much feel you on that um but i do think that it's uh it's not foreign to anyone anymore like it's not it's like it'll it'll stay in the back of people's minds so when we as a people Uh, say we need to do this or we need this platform or certain things need to be said like that we are taken more seriously now um and like if if we're the ones who say like these things are still important we should still be doing drives and efforts to support certain things that we are not kind of given the roundabout or given the uh what's it the, the the runaround in terms of like Oh yeah, that's great, but uh we'll get back to you on that. And we can I feel like we have a lot more confidence and we can be a little bit more bold about when we say we need to do these sorts of things. Um it's not like necessarily, oh, you're afraid of us now. It's more of like you just you you can take us more seriously or you will take us more seriously, um because otherwise it's it's your ass if you don't if you don't. Uh so I feel a bit more bold about those sorts of things and uh not that i feel like i have to and in my in my sort of workspace uh but if push push comes to strokes and i and i have to do that or I, I want to do that i think that i'm a lot more comfortable uh in doing that And i hope that extends to a lot of people i know it's not easy i know not everyone's situation is like that uh but i would hope that you know there's a level of consciousness that uh instills us with a little bit more a little bit more. Um, uh, bit more confidence to do those sorts of things when we want to
0: <laughs> fucking preach that dude like <laughs> <Yeah, sure. laughs> big agree yeah. yeah 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 we we it's we we are more than able to be big and bold and brash and and outspoken on this stuff now and it, it it does feel good it feels really good to be able to just talk about this and see the other people that we care about just talk about in whatever way we want now and people very much seemingly are extremely understanding about it you know and so it's felt good to really be able to have any conversation in whatever way we want to now about being asian to benefit you know the discussion itself to get the spotlight on us in the way that we absolutely need to you know um the one that i want to point out here today is actually um our guest uh we're having on later on uh 3 30 p.m. here at twitch.tv slash good show. Um he uh his name's Island Style. He has been uh the the forefront of the PI of the AAPI side of this uh f- with with Twitch. And uh even just yesterday he ran a massive tournament, um, an apex tournament, I believe, that uh that had a whole bunch of people coming in donating towards uh Towards donations that were focused towards uh Pacific Island charities and families and kids and stuff like that. And so it's he's been working his ass off, using his his come up not just, you know, to celebrate for himself, but use it in a way that is beneficial towards Pacific Island people, towards Polynesian people, and 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 putting forth his energy towards making a difference for all of us minorities amongst minorities and, and really trying to push towards there. And also too having a discussion about Polynesian people in gaming, which is not very common. It's not a common thing. And so it's been awesome to see him putting in the work towards that. And uh, I, yeah, definitely want to give the shout out to him on, on that accord. So the, uh, the next question I want to move into here, and we only got a couple left for you guys. So Rose, I want to start with you here again. Okay. what, do you want conversations around API people to look like going?
3: Through? I think within our own spaces or within people that aren't API.
0: I would say yes. Now, uh, <laughs> I I would say people that are not API talking to people that.
3: Ah, okay. I have a lot to say about
4: this.
0: Yes. I always do. Yes.
3: But my thing primarily lies in, same thing when we're having discussions about like um, other stuff going on. I think it's one thing Well, there's like layers to this, right? Because there's layers of um, fear.
4: I'm
3: trying to think of how to say this. There's layers to how to approach this, right? Because you don't want to talk, you shouldn't be talking over API people, right? Um but at the same time I think there's been this dialogue going on that's online um that talks a lot about um like Asians in terms of like AAPI conversations, which is you know, like that that's a very hard topic to I guess dissect because again like Asians cannot be generalized to this just one thing, right? Pacific Islanders cannot be generalized to like this just one thing that is a one size fits all. You have um You have like Asians that are white passing, for example. Um, You also have Asians that look very Asian. Um, There's just such a big scale of, I think, what's going on right now when you talk about, specifically um, Asian American and like Pacific Islander hate crimes, right? Um, You're dealing with this mountainous thing of like, people don't care when they're, you know, like when you're in a hate crime, like people do not give a shit, like what specific kind of Asian you are, you know? It's just, they're trying to take it out on somebody. Um, and I think it's important to be one, respectful to um, understanding and three, just if you're like 100% like not Asian at all, like there shouldn't be any kind of like, oh, um, speaking over or trying to speak for Asian people. And I've seen that happen a lot, uh, especially online. So what I was mentioning earlier about the whole entire like, oh, like Asian fishing, etc. Um, you see that a lot from white people who think they are being good allies by being like hey like this person is like purposely like trying to look asian stuff like that and then literal asian people will be like (laughs) um,
4: (laughs) okay and like
3: (laughs) homegirls just wearing eyeliner like (laughs) that's all that's going on here there's cases where it's really obvious you know um there's this one girl who blew up on tiktok for being like super pretty and like she had like very um her videos were very somebody noted that her videos were very like intentionally like edited beforehand to hide like her eyelids and stuff like that Mm, and somebody mm. went through her instagram and found like this old picture of her like she's like this whole white girl right but Mm. she looks (laughs) nothing hold up i think i if I, i i i need to look for it later and i'll show you guys but she she had this whole entire thing about being like this like her she was like she had, like, the Korean flag in her bio and shit. And, like, she was writing, like, she was writing her, like, captions in Korean. And then people went on her Instagram and they are like, you are a whole-ass white girl with the Korean flag in your bio. Like, what is Bro. going on over here? So, Bro. like, you know, there's cases like that. That's very obvious. So, like, yes, okay, like, you are definitely trying. You are definitely trying to be something that, you know, you're not. But then it, it's just, like, you're attacking, like, some random girl online for, like, her island or whatever. And it's just, like, this white girl going, like, oh, like, that's Asian fishing. And I'm like, should i don't think that's your call to make you know for one Mm. or um i've just it's very weird because i think being online during the pandemic has made me very um you're just online a lot you you see a lot of fights you know (laughs) it's just like the nature of things so i see like such a wide variety of all these problems and i understand all of it right but at the same time i'm also like Jesus Christ, this is a very specific problem that probably would not exist in real life. This is just something that exists in, like, internet spaces. And this happens a lot. Um, and you see it in, like, I guess, I, I want to say, I, this is probably biased because I think a lot of my um, online content is catered towards, like, anime fans and, like, video game fans. And they kind of go hand in hand, you know what I mean?
4: Do your thing, uh, do your thing. Speak on, yeah. girl.
3: And I see that it's kind of like there are people that are like staying with their whole chest, like, oh, I wish I was Asian, you know, um, I could deal with the hate, with the hate crimes or whatever. But like, I just wish I could be this cute little Asian girl or whatever. And I'm like, you're fucking crazy. <laughs> 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 like, you're crazy. Yeah. Okay,
4: yeah. I
3: get it. Now. You're either like 13 or like you're an adult. That's crazy um and it's so weird as a whole to see like oh like you're like adored online but as soon as you get off your phone and you like go outside you're like you're reminded very starkly of your situation and the position that you're in
4: and how little power that you have and it's hard i think um it's such a difficult
3: conversation to have for one but it's something that you need to have you know Like the discomfort of it is not as important as the message of it. You get what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense.
3: Yeah. And I think that in the end, the main goal essentially is to get across that, like, I think Asians are very often treated as commodities more than anything, specifically Asian women, Mm -hmm. but Asian people as a whole, because there's this whole entire thing of, you know there has been some conversations about like oh like why should we feel bad for asian americans like they are the model minority and you know the model minority myth just isn't true um we had like immigration exclusion acts like very early on um there's no talks about uh chinese americans who worked on the railroad very early on and they were often like literally blown up for you know making the railroad or they're just paid very poorly um they were basically forced to continue working despite not getting paid at all um and there's a lot of conversations historically that i think a lot of people pull the model minority myth today because they assume that like yes asians statistically make a lot of money right um
2: Mm -hmm.
3: as a whole like asians are like very high earners but they're not looking at I think this is a much more nuanced statistic because you can't just throw the statistic out there and be like, oh, um, Asian people aren't oppressed. Like they make a lot of money in America. So they're obviously fine, right? But the people that are, you know, the top percentage that are pulling in this money are people that just came here in the past, like maybe like five to 10 years and have nothing to do with the conversation at hand. Because again, like Asian American hate crimes largely mostly affect lower income Asian families, right? Um,
4: yeah,
3: And not even just that, but I think the conversation around that of like, oh, like Asian Americans make a lot of money. It's because they've already, they're literally just moving here. What they already like are established themselves as like doctors or whatever in like their own countries. And then they move over here. And that's very common, you know? Uh, and it's hard because you have to kind of explain like, no, like Asian Americans, yes, statistically make a lot of money, but there's more layers to that. It's not that percentage of high-earning people that are being affected by Asian American hate crimes, you know. It's literally like the old dude that owns like the like the mom and pop shop that you go to every other weekend. It's like people in Chinatown, San Francisco, getting their stores broken into, getting like robbed in broad daylight, you know. Um, and it's it's hard. I think there's a lot of layers to it, and it's hard <laughs> to explain in one yeah. go, you know.
4: Right,
2: right. and also. I mean, yeah i just i just jumped back into this conversation but i was like oh snap this this has triggered something in my mind um also like uh the concentration of asian populations are in big cities that are very expensive uh Mm -hmm. where the standard of lip like san francisco is yeah new york san diego la uh these are the high concentrations of asian americans and in order to just get by in these cities you need to make a lot of money and then so like the jobs that you get in these places are going to pay what you need in order to well i can say that for everything but they're more likely to pay higher because the standard of living is so high in these these highly concentrated cities uh and then so it's like oh you can take the whole country like Uh, the whole statistics for the whole country it's like well yeah if a certain population lives in a very expensive area then yes by default they are going to have to make more money than any people who live in other cities that aren't so goddamn expensive uh there's that and like obviously like rose said like the people who are able to immigrate to america are the ones who either have uh know are able to kind of pull it together or have uh some sort of like higher education and that's not always the case of course uh i think like a lot of us can relate in that uh like a lot of our parents came here with nothing Mm -hmm. uh, and eventually built something uh Mm -hmm. so uh that's that's also part of our that is part of our identity that is part of the asian american uh immigrant and immigrant child experience uh so it's it's extremely complicated in that regard And so if someone wants to point at a chart or statistic, that says like, oh, you know, the highest earners are like actually like Chinese Americans or something, or like Filipinos are actually pretty high. And like that means nothing to me that that means nothing to nobody. Like, honestly, Uh, because also like, I don't know, you. We grow up poor, too. It just yeah. And uh, there are pockets of poverty in the most expensive cities. Uh, poverty in San Francisco is you would be fucking balling in the middle of bumfuck nowhere, and if you're from bumfuck nowhere, that no no hate to you. I'm just saying. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, like 50k in San Francisco, you are living below the standard. You take 50k to somewhere in Montana the Midwest,
0: or some shit. Yeah,
2: you you are motherfucking balling. You are living good. So consider that when like when the conversation about earnings and statistics so yeah That's just yeah, like yeah. i do sure, shit, sure. shit shit piss me sure. off bro
0: <laughs> no I, I i get it i get it and, and i'm glad that rose that you brought that up because that's that's uh i know last time when we when we had our discussion i kind of asked you guys a little bit about things that you feel like are overlooked when it comes to being asian i feel like that is one big thing that is drastically misconstrued is that like you know, there's a lot of statistics around Asians, generally speaking, right? Yeah, I mean, they're talking about, you know, intellect, education, starting businesses, income, so on and so forth, what have you. Like, we have a lot of just tiny stereotypes that are, quote, unquote, backed up statistically, and that is something that I feel like is really important to point out. Now, Rose, I know you were kind of going somewhere near the end of your conversation as far as, like, how you're wanting conversations to go, uh moving forward when coming to demographics of non-bipoc people, non-asian people talking to asian people. Do you have anything that you wanted to cap off with that? Uh cuz I know you're kind of going somewhere there.
3: Oh, yes. Um I think a lot of it is like it, it all leads back to because I've seen a lot of these conversations online and it's all very either very angry or trying their hardest to explain something that can't really be explained online. Um I really think that as a whole like it, obviously there's a lot of cases where you I guess you know, a lot of people aren't going to readily understand immediately but I think the notion of just hearing Asian Americans out is extremely valuable um and it's hard because when you talk about it in most conversations like people will usually tune out um and I get that because some people are very, like, self-oriented. Like, they don't care unless it directly involves them. Um, But for the people that do want to listen, I think these conversations are important because it's good for, I guess, it's a good conversation to have for a lot of younger Asian Americans that are growing up. Like, we have so many kids nowadays that have such, like, unprecedented access to social media, phones, etc. And you see a lot in, like, older Asians now, like, people like our age that kind of grow up saying, like, oh, yeah, like, I mostly gravitated towards Asians in real life because there was no, like, we didn't exist online. You know what I mean? Like, our only representation in, like, 2012 was maybe, like, Wong Fu Productions and Ryan Higa. Like, th- that that was it, you know?
4: Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. The- yeah. The- yeah. Timothy Delgado was big because yeah. we thought he was yeah. Filipino, but he's yeah. high, and it's like, you know, <laughs> close enough. Close enough, yeah. you know? Yep, yep.
3: <laughs> yep, And then now you have um, Saweetie and Her, who are part Filipino, and then you have Olivia yeah. Rodrigo, who is also half Filipino. Um, And that's really cool to see because you, it, the more that, you know the more that asians have a voice in social media the more that we can uplift these asian artists right like sawiti always talks about like she talks about her filipino mom like she very much participates in her filipino culture because she cares so much like she loves her mom and she always she like everyone like filipinos love her because she's so open about you know embracing her culture especially in a time where for people our age when we grew up we were actively suppressing our culture we were actively like oh like we were like subconsciously like we were just trying to blend in and seem as normal as possible like we would abandon like our native tongue we would uh, sneer away at like our parents making us food from our own culture um and i think it's really hard because we essentially grew up and we don't want the same thing happening to kids now like we're basically doing this for like the kid versions of ourselves
4: yeah. and
3: it's it's difficult because you have to kind of live with the fact that like that's my upbringing i can't do anything to change it But I can't help other children that are obviously going to be online, you know, kind of see and hear that, you know, like it's it's something that you can talk about. It's something that you should talk about. Um, And I like it sucks because specifically for me, I know when I was growing up, I tried very hard to abandon my Chinese heritage. Um, I didn't like speaking Cantonese. Um, I didn't like eating the food my mom made me. Um, I had, like, this hatred for dim sum, and now I, I still don't like dim sum, but that's, like, for an entirely different taste reason. Um, <laughs> because I've just had it so much as a kid. Like, yeah. you get you dim sum now, and you're like, okay,
4: mm-hmm. I can
3: get this I want. Uh, okay, you know what I mean? Um, but when you're growing up, it's not like that, I think. Uh, it's a lot more difficult. It's a lot more ashamed, for the most part. Um, but I think that respectful conversations should be held. Not even just towards like in between Asians, but like as people's whole, which is like the whole entire point I guess I was trying to make, which was very long and very roundabout, but we made it.
0: We we, made we, it. <laughs> we love you for what you are. <laughs> Absolutely. You are
3: I take ten years to dude, make a basic point.
0: Rose, you you always come in with the heat. I don't know what you're talking about. You come in here yeah. spitting <laughs> all the fucking facts, dude. So like you are more than welcome to drag on however fucking long you want. Like I I kinda wanna just like do like you on it like i'm gonna give you the solo cam and you can just talk for the next hour if you want to like that's totally- so <laughs>
3: i have so much to say mm, dude, and, I- and i think it's like because when you work in gaming right like gaming anime weeb culture like asian culture is very combined like it comes almost hand in hand right yeah um when you think about gaming you think about like nerd culture you think about anime you think about like whatever like you think about k-pop now um and it's bts
0: meal at mcdonald's that just happened yeah
3: yeah and then it's like (laughs) it's crazy because you'll see like it's it's huge like it's undeniably huge but there is something very weird about i guess i i don't want to say the commodification but i want to say that it's like we're getting like asians are finally getting attention but it's specific towards korean and japanese and that's the only kind of thing that is ever necessarily set in like a great light um i've seen like for example like chinese people like we have the whole covid thing going on um vietnamese people like constantly get made fun of the the, you know the nail salon voice stuff like that um you see like a lot of filipinos get shit on for like just I guess it's like the the, the joke with the running joke that like all K-pop fans are like just like thirteen year old Filipino girls and it's like it's very weird because you're just kind of like in this weird thing of like like when you think about um here's an example that I saw that was really good. Um you'll see like people talk in Korean and Japanese and everyone's like, Oh that's so cute. You know, oh my oh my god, like their their language is like so fun and like, you know, so cute and so nice on the ears. You're anyone speaking like Tagalog or like Chinese or like um like anything else or like Vietnamese, like you get made fun of. Um, and you can see this in specifically the treatment of K pop idols speaking in Korean compared to your immigrant parent who speaks in their native language. Your immigrant parent that speaks in a native language is considered dumb, not very educated, like oh they never got a chance to learn English, like how sad. And then you have, like, your K-pop idols that are from, like, fucking San Francisco or, like, from America or whatever. So speaking Korean, everyone's like, oh, my God, he's so smart. He's so educated. He's so beautiful. And he gets infantilized. Like, he's like, oh, like, oh, like, our sweet little baby boy and stuff like that. Um, And it's very weird to see because you actively see this, like, yes, we love Asians, but we only love Korean and Japanese people. The rest of you, you can sit in the waiting room and we'll see how, like, how close your, your face aligns to Eurocentric beauty standards. And maybe, maybe we'll consider you. Um, there's even this conversation about like, everyone is like hyping up Olivia Rodrigo, right? But nobody's talking about like her and Saweetie who are Filipino as well. And everyone's like, oh, we finally have some Filipino representation. Like we have had, like they have had Filipino representation. Her literally has a Grammy, but nobody talks about that. You know, like, Mm -hmm. there's issues, there's so many multi-layered issues, and people have brought up colorism in that conversation, about, like, why people exclude somebody And her. Um, People have also talked very much about, um, kind of, like, the picking and choosing of, like, Chinese uh, K-pop idols, who are, like, Chinese, but they learn Korean, they learn the culture, and, like, they basically pass, but, you know, to K-pop fans, it's very much like, oh, like, he's basically Korean. So, like, he's so cute. But if he talks in Chinese, it's, like, uh you know uh it's it's so jarring to think about and i think it's even weirder when you talk about it in internet spaces because again this doesn't exist that much in real life you'll see like people make entire brands out of pretending to be asian or referencing asian culture like they'll have like random japanese text that they don't even know what the fuck it says (laughs) on like their like stream assets or like they'll make a whole brand out of like being like oh like I'm just this cute little weeb who like um is trying to learn Japanese and like I'll say like random like Japanese phrases during my stream or whatever or um they'll do the whole entire like this is very specific but um you see a lot of people that aren't Asian try to benefit off Asian culture they'll usually try to act like babyish you know what I mean And it's like this automatic, like, oh, like all Asian women are just like so cute or whatever. Um, And you see the contrast again. Like, this is a huge issue because it just shows how divided Asians are in terms of the treatment in America specifically. You see, uh, for example, is it? You'll see like K pop idol groups for girls, right? Get blown up extensively. And everyone knows Koreans for like k-pop idols oh my god amazing singers amazing makeup amazing tech oh my god everything's so fun and cute um and then on the flip side you see like people will talk about like filipino women like mail order brides you know what i mean like there's this whole fucking trend on tiktok about like oh me and my like filipino wife and like she makes me food every single day and she cleans up after all my messes and she always takes care of me and she's like my servant and like i found her in the philippines and i brought her back you know like that's it's fucking weird it's weird it is It's unendingly weird and it drives me insane because it's so like um there's this weird thing of like you know how people talk about um those couple youtubers and they'll never shut up if their significant other is like Korean or Japanese or whatever. It's uh, like going to the supermarket with my Korean boyfriend, going to the supermarket with my Japanese boyfriend. <laughs> um, I ask my Japanese boyfriend how my Japanese sounds. You know, like it's very like Jesus corny. Christ. Like, yeah, is this like your only personality trait?
4: <laughs> <laughs> like,
3: yeah. oh, I'm dating yeah. an Asian person. It's okay if I like tape my eyelids or whatever. It's so. I, I have no other word for it than that it's
2: fucking weird.
0: Yeah, I was just, just gonna say that it's fucking weird. It is, yeah, it is right? fucking weird. It is fucking weird. It's unsettling. I, I yeah. know that, like, our, the last conversation we had, like, Mike, you were talking about how, and I'm sure all three of us can agree, even Holly could agree, that, like, we all have very visceral reactions to seeing how we're sort of fetishized. Um, amongst white communities, especially on social media. Like, you go on a TikTok right now, I bet within two swipes we would find some video of some white girl doing some fucking neon dance bullshit that is very much, you know... I don't even know if it's called a neon dance. I just called it whatever the fuck they think it's fucking called these days. And they there's just, like... It, it's so imbued in how social media is perceived now that like being a japanese girl is the like rave it's all the rave for for little you know white women to wear a fake school uniform and dance around their skirt you know for white dudes even like rose you mentioned earlier like having having like random white people using like kanji in their names and shit like i just the other day ran into a very clearly white dude on facebook with bright blue hair like ninja colored hair which Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <The name laughs> yeah. S- speak of the fucking devil um and I, just kanji in his entire name didn't even know his name at all because it was just kanji and i know just enough kanji to know that that shit was not his fucking name and <laughs> and uh it's just uh dude it's it's corny it's tacky i hate it but the reason i want to move that over to mike is because like this is something that you and I talked about before that is a very um, touchstone for us because, as these who have had Filipino family members be involved in interracial relationships, that we have seen this become a thing directly as far as being the token Filipino wife or having a relationship in which it can be perceived that way, it is a whole other discussion. It is a whole other discussion, dude. So I'm sure you can agree, but it's corny as fuck. It's tacky to see these, these, these couples and stuff like Rose said on YouTube kind of, you know, my, I spoke Japanese to my boyfriend today or I took my, 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 you know, Filipino boyfriend to try Jollibee for the first time. That was a fucking video I saw and I yeah. was like, oh, what
4: like what? <laughs> what? what's going on over here? Oh, like, Dude. oh
0: my Dude. god, yo, relax. Yeah, yeah. Mike, do you have any thoughts on that to kind of continue off with what Rose was saying, as far as that's concerned?
2: I am not in the TikTok realm, so this hearing about this, it's uh news to me, but it's also not surprising. Mm disappointed but not surprised is what i'll <laughs> say um yeah it's shit man i think yeah rose talks a lot of, t- you've talked a lot about how um as asian various asian cultures get more and more popular that becomes like the thing that gets you clout and i think that a lot of folks are probably too immature or uh, don't know any b- don't know any better they should know better. if they If they know better, they would do better, uh, but folks who are just unaware that of what they're doing. and the fact that they get popularity, they get clout off of that is going to teach them that that is what the world wants. Uh, so it, it's a totally different new kind of discussion now or a new dynamic, but it kind of feeds into this to similar uh, the similar problem of uh, exploiting a culture because you think it's fun or you think it's uh it's, it's you like it it's cool um of course that manifests in very different ways uh as rnell brought up that you know uh I've, I've seen it conspire into something a lot more uh, oppressive and uh potentially violent and not necessarily in a physical way but it's just um a violent treatment of um what someone thinks uh you should be um but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's. What I, I like I think that when I talked about it last time, I've had some people like um, hit me up and be like, "Yo, uh, I think that like white folks have hit me up like, hey man, like I I hear what you're saying. I just want to make sure like I'm doing I'm doing right because uh, I think that last time I talked about it, it was I was a little um, uh, I think my. Personal discussion about it was a little incomplete, uh so I didn't want to make anyone feel like like no, 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 no for sure, uh, oh yeah, yeah, like like white men can't date Asian women or whatever like I didn't want that to make anyone feel like that was what uh or what they should have came away with because uh that that's fine, it's just like if you are going to do that, you need to be very conscious of this dynamic, and I think that that's what i what I, I said to a lot of folks is like you know i'm I'm not saying that you can't do that because. You're attracted to who you are it's fine but if you are going to engage in that here's the thing here are the things that you need to know about this to make sure that you are not part of the problem so like just you and engaging in uh, like having that relationship is that's not a problem how you and how you approach it how you treat that relationship that can potentially be a part of the problem so understand this this and that and you should be good man uh like that's kind of that's that's what i wanted to uh get that uh, get across there yeah, yeah, uh, yeah because yeah. you'll avoid things like uh that fetish- fetishization that you see on fucking like tiktok or whatever the fuck like and the more people see that the more they think that that's normal uh and i just want people to know that that is not f- that's not normal not <laughs> fucking normal uh, at all it's not yeah <laughs> uh and i mean normal is relative but like that's just not okay uh, uh, just because it's popular doesn't mean it's okay, and um, yeah, and I'm, I'm glad Rose, you're bringing that up because that's that that's like like a that's a part of the world that I'm actually I'm not familiar with, and uh, so in a way I'm I'm learning about that. Uh, so and I folks, hope folks out there uh, maybe that's just the old man in me. Mm, you're not missing <laughs> like, like I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, I'm, not, real- I'm not not old. By you the way. Bro, you <laughs> like
0: you're about to jump in. What's
2: up?
3: Yeah. i found it okay i put it in um i put it in the discord in politics chat but that's the same girl who is pretending to be korean
4: oh no i don't know let's, no. go. let's go oh yikes yep that's the same <sighs> person
0: that
2: is the oh, same no. oh yeah hey i hate it I hate to see it
3: yeah, uh, yeah so it's do. stuff like that you know what i mean uh,
2: yeah, absolutely I hate oh, to see no. it. Uh, oh no, okay. Put it in the show notes or not, put it in the show uh, notes. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I think seeing seeing that is like people get clout off that and they're taught yeah. the wrong lesson. Once they, once they get the clout, they're just like, yo, this is gonna this is gonna make me money, this yeah. is gonna make me popular. Uh and it, man. It's a whole different ball game out there, I guess. That uh yeah, I guess like if you're not familiar with like I wasn't. Yeah, it's
3: like a whole trend too for like people on TikTok. It'll be like white people that are essentially just like, oh, but like I put on the cat ears and like I did you know, like I taped the sides of my like eyelids and I've like photoshopped my eyelids out, like I you know it, it's like a whole thing. And I think it's one thing to have beauty trends that come and go, right? But there are people whole ass pretending to be like oh like I'm like Korean like you, and you like you they're not. Yeah. They're, like, from, like, fucking Oklahoma or some shit. And they're just, like, taping the back of their eyes and stuff. It's very weird because, again, like, it's such a stark contrast. You'll see hate crimes being rampant. But, but if you're Korean or Japanese, you're just, you like, you're, like, the favorite, you know? I'm um, Not to say that, like, Korean Americans and, like, Japanese Americans don't face any issues as well. Because, you know, they still are the subject. You know, again, like, when hate crimes happen, like, it doesn't matter what you are okay like as long as as you look asian like they're going to come after you but there is a something to be acknowledged about the way those cultures are viewed and that not all asians are going to be viewed the same right um and it's very weird to acknowledge but also there's no solution to it because how are you gonna like you can't do anything about this kind of stuff all you can do is call it out and be like you do not look like that um and the whole entire thing is like appealing to it's like inherently you can kind of tell that when people asian fish quote unquote they are essentially kind of like the the whole gag comes with they look like they'll make themselves look like this and then they'll act all like babyish and cute and then like they'll like lip sync to like audios in like japanese or korean and then they'll, they'll do the little dances and stuff like that and it's all very it's very like you can tell that these people don't view asian women as a whole as people more so. As products. And it's hard because you can't escape the sexualization of Asian women. Like, it's always going to happen. But it's worse when people that aren't Asian at all are benefiting off this kind of fetishization by, like, you know, doing the whole entire, like, cutesy um, cutesy Asian girl look, like, sexualizing, like, school girl outfits, which is still very weird to me. Like, as an adult who, you know, went, I didn't go to school in an Asian country, but, like, I remember, like, wearing uniforms as a kid. And I'd be very weirded out if people were sexualizing a middle school outfit that, you know, is worn by children um, and then has mm. a skirt hiked up all the way and stuff mm. like that. And it's always specifically the perpetrators of this are usually like non-Asian women, which is very weird and very creepy in a sense. Um, but you see stuff like that, right? And it's it's hard because it's like you're fighting this weird i saw this conversation that was being held and even um shows make fun of it like um bojack horseman has made this little jab about like yes women should be allowed to be sexual but asian women can't be sexual without being fetishized and being seen as like this like babyish little thing and like boiled down to like childlike the qualities are just kind of there and it's not even because of that's not how asian women actually are it's just because of media and media portrayals of. um little like Asian woman always being like docile um, little servants. And it, it it's, you can tell that it's damaging if it does exist in the culture itself. Like there's a huge misogyny problem in Japanese workplaces, for example. Um, people have been arguing for years in Japan for women to be allowed to not wear heels to work. Um, there's a lot of conversations around that, that it's very, it's obvious it's damaging, right? But, People still partake in it because they don't they're not gonna want they're not thinking about like the long term kind of thing. They're thinking about the short term kind of like, oh, but it looks cute on me. it's so like why does it matter? Kind of deal. Um and it's it's hard and very awkward and very difficult to have a conversation about. Because again, there's just so many layers to it. Like not all Asians are the same. Whenever this topic comes out, like I can go for hours about it because there's so many layers. Like, we could go from like VTubers adopting like Asian esque personas and profiting off Asian culture while staying silent about Asian American hate. Or we could talk about like, um, Asians having an identity crisis because they're not really sure how they're able to have conversations about Asian American hate, but they also have to realize that they benefit partially from white privilege, right? Um, and again, like, that's not even a topic that can be said. In definite terms like that it can't even be generalized because all Asians look different. Um, all Asians look different. It's hard to I guess boil down all the topics to speak about. It's kind of like you're watching everything run in a different direction and you're trying to grab it all in and explain everything comprehensively. But there's just so many little issues that are popping up online. Um, there's so many issues that are popping up in real life. and it's, I think to sum it all up, I think it's just weird that you're in this time where Asians have never been hated more but also never been loved more but in a very specific tightrope way. Like I, when you talk, when you think about like Asians as a whole, right. Um, For me, like I'm Chinese, but I have never been told, oh, you look Chinese. Um, People will tell me like, oh, you're Chinese, but you look Korean or you look Japanese. And they expect me to be like, oh my gosh, like, thank you. That means so much. (laughs) Like, you know, they expect it to be a compliment. Like being called, oh, you look Japanese or Korean is like inherently a compliment to these people. Um, And I'm just like, nah i'm fucking from hong kong dude i
4: don't
3: know tell you i'm not about to i'm not i have this deep ass voice all right i'm this short little asian girl but like i i have nothing to service y'all with this um i leave tissues up my nose when i sleep if i have allergies um i give out really (laughs) loud farts um i eat in bed and, and i get the crumbs everywhere and my boyfriend has to clean up after me like i'm not you know what I mean like and the reality of that is so hard because it's like Asian like non-Asian people just cannot comprehend that Asian people are not like Asian women specifically are not like oh it's like oh you're cute all the time or whatever and like you have to be like this cutesy like girlish whatever the fuck um and again like that yeah it's very like okay um I remember very early on when I was like this is like the, the light bulb moment for me when I was growing up. But Anna Akana had this video about the about yellow fever, and this was released like forever ago. But that that video was like a little milestone, and like the little light bulb in my head turned on. I was like, "Oh shit, she's fucking right, dude. She's got a good ass point." And um, it was literally about how yellow fever affects Asians in this way that it's not flattering. People will always tell you your entire life, like, oh, you should be flattered that you're Asian because people like Asians now. It's, like, trendy to be Asian. Um, And they'll be like, oh, but at least you get, like, the attention and stuff. So you should be glad. And I'm like, I realize it's not good attention, right? Like, there's there's something weird about this concept of, um, I've been told multiple times in, not even just in my career, but in my social presence, like. You have followers because you're this cutesy Asian girl who, you know, you, you're Asian and you're pretty and you post selfies online and like, that's all there is. And it's really like, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, I can't deny that people will follow me because of my looks, right? Or because like people have yellow fever, but also consider that's not my fucking problem, right? Like I cannot help being, what do you want me to do? Cosplay as a white person? Like what? Like I can't remove the Asian in me. It's not my fault that I'm seen as a fucking product in like a market or whatever. Yeah. Um and I think I realized this very recently with the the suit picture of me that blew up, which was insane, and I'm very thankful that people liked it because it was mostly women complimenting me, but you know like
4: <laughs> you know,
3: but <laughs> it's a woman only event first of all, mm. but um it was like my following i think doubled or almost like a little more than doubled i went from like 6.9 to like 15.5
2: oh shit god my damn jesus
3: yeah that's that's a fucking jump hey
2: cash in for though i know suit, right for the
3: soup pick for the soup pick mm-hmm. and i'm very grateful that people liked me in the soup pick but um people after that were like there was like some funny comments like oh life is so easy for you now because you have clout and i'm like it's just a number for so one and how two, it works. Like, <laughs> yeah, when women is. get attention on the internet, like they're just gonna be here for my selfies, dude. They're not gonna be here for like when I have like opinions about shit. Like nobody's gonna give a fuck if I'm yeah. out here guns blazing about like Asian American hate because they followed me for the goddamn suit pic. All right. The woman, however, I love the woman.
4: Yeah, All the of women course, that quote
3: myself. I was oh. like, Wow. This is a woman like so I, I was very happy because the response of that selfie was like from like K-pop fandom. And then like um, the Genshin Impact fandom. And I was very pleased about that. Because I was like, wow. A few things that I really like. And also most of them are women. So like <laughs> like women are non-binary. And I'm like, thank God. Because I did not want the the men in my DMs. But it's weird. Because you'll still have like these comments. Like um, somebody was like, oh, like this is either like a normal girl that just posts selfies on Twitter. Or she like does porn. And I was like, hmm. This feels a little racist. This feels racist. This feels vaguely racist.
0: It is. It is. <laughs> right? let's, be, let's, let's come like, at this correct. It is like, racist.
3: Go, like, and if you saw like some white girl posting a picture of herself and like, it blew up, they'd be like, oh my god, she's so pretty. But it's because I'm Asian. They're probably like, oh, she probably does porn. Like, what the fuck?
4: <laughs> First oh of all,
3: doing porn is not a bad thing. Second of all, is it because I'm Asian?
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, and that, that's... yeah. It
3: probably is. You know what I mean? Um... And it's so awkward because I'm just like, dude, when I've had this conversation with multiple friends, but people, there's always like men with this assumption, like women will be talking about like um, being followed home, being like stalked online, being harassed, like all this other shit, all this like being comfortable things of being a woman. And then men will respond with like, oh, but I can't get free drinks at a bar though. Or like, oh, I can't, um, I don't have like, pretty privileged if i was a woman like things would be totally different for me and i'm like but you're not getting it see okay yes women get hyped up in online communities but you have to consider that i think being a woman on the internet specifically um and i guess participating in womanhood um as a whole uh i think that it's something that you have to actively participate in and i mean this in a very logistic way i mean this in like the investment of makeup the investment of um, appearances, looks, like you spend thousands of dollars on skincare products, you spend thousands of dollars on makeup, like womanhood inherently is performed. And I think whenever I talk about this, I think of um, Simone de Beauvoir, who is referenced in Near Automata as with the uh, the opera, yeah. the uh-huh. opera um, Android that you end up fighting as a boss fight. Um, uh-huh. And her whole entire theory is that like womanhood, you're, you're either born with womanhood or it's something that it's an act that's performed, right? Yeah. Um, and the traits of like femininity is very much like it's it, like you have to debate in a way like are you born with it as a woman inherently or do you have to perform it um as like an active action um and i definitely think of like it's very much it's an investment right um girls spend a lot of money in clothes etc like that so when guys are always like oh but like women have it so easy and it's like but you're not looking at the costs of all this you're not looking at like Um, For example, there's this huge thing about, sorry, I'm getting off topic here, but um, specifically about like Asian female streamers. They're always kind of at the stick of the, um, they're always at the butt end of the stick of, uh, oh, uh, how do I phrase? Asian women that are streamers are always at the kind of totem pole of, no, 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 that's not the right word. Sorry, let me, let me think about this for like five seconds.
0: It's okay. (laughs) okay. It's okay.
3: Asian women who are streamers are always treated as the prime example of it's so easy to be a female in gaming. All you need to do is look pretty, be Asian, have a cute voice and stream and everything's just so fucking easy for you. But they don't realize the statistics that are behind that. When women start streaming, they inherently have better presentation. They have, you know, a better setup as a whole, like they care very much about Putting in effort all the way through compared to like when you think of guys that stream, they usually just kind of have like a webcam in the corner, no stream branding, stuff like that. Women inherently have to put more effort in the beginning and also they lose out on viewership much faster. So people are always like, oh, woman, it must be so easy to be a woman. It's not true. Men still dominate the top page of Twitch. Uh, You can use like very small examples like Amaranth, who like does like those hot tub streams or whatever. But those are people that like she's not stealing your viewers. Someone that wants to watch a fucking hot tub stream is not going to be watching, you know, like, Andy from Sacramento play Call of Duty Warfare or whatever, you know? (laughs) Um, It's, like, she's not stealing your viewers, dude. Uh, And I think everyone assumes that everyone as a whole assumes that Asian American women have things so fucking easy in terms of gaming or entertainment or whatever. But, you got, like there's always constant talks about, like, one, just being a woman in gaming is absolutely horrible. Would not recommend. Um, but also, please, more women work in gaming spaces. Uh, it's hard, you know, like, it's a weird, like, divide in between. Um, but Asian women specifically always get targeted because it's like, oh, gamers love Asian women. And it's like, that statement in itself is very weird? Because it's like, oh, like, they're like this project that's set, it's like it's like Asian woman at this little like prep project that's like
1: a statistic
3: for success and that they're not people who have their own issues or like are
4: normal people um it's so I have no other words for it it's just fucking weird
0: it is
2: it is that's, that's it, the that's the that sum it all up yeah shit's it's fucking weird
0: shit is fucking weird out
2: here dude
0: and um yeah, I think I think Rose, you're on your fucking A game today, dude. You're, <laughs> you're killing it like usual. I
3: have so much to say. I have so much to say, specifically about like Asian American representation in gaming, and also like the recent trend of like so much shit going on. Sorry, Michael, if you want to talk, <laughs> tell me to shut up, okay? No, it's no, it's, it's okay. It's okay. I, I got good. you. I got you. We got it's we got to like, start
0: tying up the end of the show here, anyways. Uh, Mike, for all of our viewers yep. and listeners at home, where can people find you to hang out and communicate?
2: Look, you can find me and all of my bullshit uh, at Michael P. Hyam on Twitter and uh, I I share my work. I try, you know, I I've kind of backed away from. uh, uh, Like, I've never really been part of like actively been part of the daily discourse because I don't want to put myself in that line. I just, you know, I, I stay in my lane. I think I think over over time, I've learned how to stay in my lane. And I think that this goes back to uh or this relates to something Rose said was that like the the type of audience that you attract, um, it's hard to control that. Um but uh and I feel very fortunate that the like I don't have big numbers, but the people who are there, uh like they they, they vibe with with me. Uh, and I think I'm I'm very grateful for that. So uh if you if you fuck with me, uh you can hit me up on Twitter, I'm I just pause about like my work and only very specific games that I'm into. So I'm not necessarily going to be talking. You're not going to see like fucking awesome headshots in Call of Duty, or you're not going to see like all the news about Fortnite and stuff from me. You're just gonna get a whole lot of uh, Final Fantasy 14, Persona, Near, and Yakuza. Uh, taste. That is, <laughs> yeah. The taste that is, in this-
4: Game
1: genre
2: <laughs> <laughs> that, that that that's my lane and uh I feel very fortunate that I've been able to kind of carve out that lane. Uh and also just like a bunch of my personal stuff. Like, I don't know, I don't uh I feel uh I, I, I'm starting to understand like the kind of the, the old guard I used to work with uh in games media, like I was like, Oh damn, you y'all y'all don't really share your work that much anymore and they're like, Yeah, I just stay in my own lane. I think and I'm, I'm getting to that point too, or like, oh shit, you know, I get it. Uh I want to share what I want to share and I'll vocal about things when i feel like it uh so um yeah that's what you're gonna get from me and also like check out what's going on at gamespot.com that's where i work we have a lot of dope shit uh lining up that i'm going to be at the forefront of which is very exciting uh so keep your eyes peeled for that as, as as well as my colleagues such as uh lucy james and tamar hussein especially tamar uh that's my guy and uh yeah
0: for sure, you know, vibes. Yeah, for sure, dude. Yes, go go hit up Mike. Absolutely, Rose. Yes. First off, congratulations again on on your wonderful comeuppance and and making those life moves. Where can people at home find you to, to communicate and hang out and watch you uh, from the looking glass?
3: Got you. Um. So underscore not Rose on Twitter. Um. I listen. I tweet. You know. I like to think of my Twitter as a garbage dumpster heap. I tweet what I think is yeah. funny sometimes. And if it's not funny, I'll delete it. <laughs> okay.
2: Like, oh, Never. this only got seven likes in, in, uh, in 20 minutes? Yeah, I hate to see here. Yeah, yeah. it. Was, it, was, yeah. it was not
3: a banger. It flopped. Get yep. it out of here. It was very funny <laughs> to me, though. Very funny to me. Um, I, just, I kind of just, you know, I mostly talk about, I think the rare times that I ever really talk on Twitter which is not super often, but I, I think it's less now just because I'm like, dealing with like post graduation bliss. Okay, um, but I mostly talk about esports, gaming, um, what it's like to work in gaming, because um, I have a lot of opinions on it. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
4: um,
3: I can go for hours about shit like that. Uh, I usually talk with about like my intern experience at T1. I usually talk about like my job at G4, um, and mostly just like what, like again, like what it's like to work in gaming. Um, and I try to be a good example for aspiring women that want to work in gaming. But also, at the same time, if you see me tweeting about shit at 3 o'clock in the morning, look away.
2: That, 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 that's on them. Mm, <laughs> that's on them. I know, I know. If, if, you, business, if, you see so. me, if you see me tweeting bullshit, that's on you. Yep.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, I yep. tweet for myself. If you see it, that's a you problem. Stay safe, yeah. though.
2: <laughs> Man, I'm saying that, <laughs> that's the, uh, I I tweet love, love the energy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that energy because it's the same thing for me, and that I think that's the only way you can do it, really.
4: Mm-hmm. Just post
2: exactly. when you
0: want to post, shit post when you want to post, say whatever you want to say, you know, do, do your thing, mm-hmm. even if it's at three thirty in the morning and I'm up because I just got done watching a really sad movie and I'm up in my fucking field. would your goddamn business, yeah. you know what I mean? You know yep. what I mean? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I'll do it
3: once in a while. I, uh, there's um, I come to Twitter to be batshit insane in front of the entire gaming industry. Okay, mm-hmm. that's, that's it.
2: The only way to do it really only
0: so. way to do it. <laughs> the it gives only, character it gives only character. way to do it guys thank you so much for coming on again i appreciate the both of you we will probably chat for a quick minute after we're done with this but for everyone at home thank you for coming in this has been the subtle sound of aapi hate reunion show we will be back probably uh probably next year for for another API Heritage Month celebration, you know, and I want to try to get you uh, each of you guys and including Holly on, on on the show as a guest as a, as a singular thing for as things drip feed and come out like you guys are all amazing. And again, this started with you three and me, so I'm, I'm forever thankful for you guys for coming on and just you know, spitting the fire, spitting the facts. You know what I mean. Especially you, Rose, coming in here with the fucking heat every goddamn time. You know what I mean? It's the it's angry. lit. It's lit. Everyone at home, again, thank you for coming in, and hanging out. This has been the Good Kraken Show. Uh, come back in about half an hour where we have our boy Island style back to talk about that uh that PI and the API part uh that we were talking about all month. We're gonna talk to him a little bit about his his comeuppance and his uh. Big moves that he's been making this month. So come in, hang out. It's gonna be a good time. Um, Mike Rose again. Thank you. And uh, until next time, everybody. Uh, stop A A P. I hate fuck all that noise. Fuck all that noise. And bye.